Jim, are you on yet? I'm on, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for listening. And are you ready to go? You've got your guns loaded. Are you pulling anybody out of a mud hole or anything? Uh, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a crazy weekend. We we just we just got the feeling it's gonna be a crazy weekend. Hopefully everything, but hopefully everybody will do good. They've they've prepared everything. They've done everything you've asked them to do, and hopefully we're gonna get through it unscathed. Well, that'll be. What are you wishful hoping? A wishful uh, thinking? Wish, what, is, wishful is that thinking. what you are today? I, I'm wishful thinking. Mr. You know, I'm Mister Positive. I, I, Mr. Positive I, I'm, I've thought about the weed pulling situation, and I'm just gonna not take your suggestion to go out and pull those weeds. I'm just gonna let them go for a day. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Let You've them already let them go for two months. <laughs> well. You know, I, I think that's a maintenance program that I can that I can put off for a day because you know what? If I let if I let them go a little longer, then I can pull them next week, and when I pull them next week, the they won't come back so soon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, uh-huh. that's, that's that's the Jim Mooney Frontier Towing version of pulling weeds. And Jerry, boy, I'll tell you one thing: there are a lot of there's a lot of weeds out here to pull. There's a lot no, of weeds. I found I, I one thing out. What was that? I I found one thing out. Uh on my diesel, my little massive Ferguson diesel, my eighty five, uh, you know, while working with it, all of a sudden it decided to quit. And so uh, you know, uh Brian Fuller's always yelling about test first, don't guess. So after looking at it and going, I really don't want to go back to school on a diesel tractor. So I read the manual. And that confirmed it. <laughs> so I, I called this gentleman in. His name is Travis. Travis come in and went to work on that diesel. And you talking about proving it out, test first, don't guess. He went through everything. Two hours on this diesel, we actually proved that the injector pump was bad. First thing out of his mouth is, oh, do you run any additive or anything into diesel fuel for this? I said, yes, I do. He says, how many hours you got on this tractor? Don't have a clue. And <laughs> but, but we tested everything out, so now I'm going to be down for about three weeks additional because of parts availability still going on, parts availability across the country. So you people that are having vehicles fixed, whether it be an old tractor or it be a, a car, uh, just be prepared. It depends on what parts you need to what we actually have available to us now. So just keep that in mind as you go through. It's no sense to scream and holler. It's not going to get it any faster. And the parts houses, Merle's included, all of them are scrambling to try to come up with a product. And I guess my product's going to have to go all the way back to Tennessee to be rebuilt and then sent back to Tucson, Arizona for reinstallation. So... And I, I thought it was interesting that Travis mentioned uh, fuel conditioner for these older units. And I'm thinking, well, I've mentioned it a couple of times on the show and, and say, hey, if you've got diesel equipment, if, you're run, if you are running the diesel fuel that you're – I think it's a red-colored fuel for your tractors and your equipment, you should be good to go. Is that what you do on your uh, – 
Jim, I mean, uh, do you have any additional equipment that you have to run the red fuel in so that you'll have a, the correct lubricity in it? Well, so this is my understanding about, they call it red dye, red dye fuel. And the red dye only is, is, a, is a marker to tell the government that it's uh, on, off highway. So if you right. put that fuel in your regular vehicle, it runs just fine, but the government then can see that you're running uh, non-taxable fuel in a taxable item. So okay. Pay, so in other words, the fuel is no better than than the normal fuel. It's the same it's stuff. Exact, it's just exactly the same. It's exactly the same because it has a red so what, marker in it that that tells the government uh, that you didn't so, pay the twenty six cents a gallon. Okay, all right, that makes sense, and that's a very high fine, uh, fine. If uh, they catch you running it in your, if I put it in my diesel. In my 218 diesel, and it, they check it, and it turns out to be red. There's a mega buck fine on it, from what I understand. Is this true? That's true. So it, you're going. So lucky for me, I have been down this road. Not got fined, but the it's actually the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, that comes and checks your fuel. I always thought it was the Department wow. of Transportation, but it's not. It's the IRS that comes and checks your fuel. Because it's a tax situation, so um, oh. since it, since it, it's called a it's a it's an excise tax or an FET, just like what they charge you on tires, because the government has about right. eighteen billion excise taxes. The, there's a federal excise mm-hmm. tax for fuel, and and when you when the the red marker tells them that you're okay to run this fuel in a non in an off highway situation. So, for example, your tractors. Um, your loaders, your dozers, even even if you had um, off-road equipment like like the little gators or the lawn, the you know turf equipment, all that's fine. When you put it right. on the highway, though, that's when you get in trouble. Even if you just okay. drive it across the road. So the IRS has this really funny um, system. So they they'll actually come and they take a, a little tube, they call it a pipette, and they stick it down your tank. And they pull, they put their thumb over it, and they pull out a sample of the fuel. Okay, mm-hmm. and so you, mm-hmm. the, the tube is clear, and you can see diesel fuel comes out clear, or it has a kind of a green tint. You've seen it, Jerry. Um, right. But red dye, right. red dye comes out, you know, wine red. So when they see that, they're like, "Oh, well, look, we have a problem." Uh, you know, so now, now, now you're going to answer a bunch of questions. Um, oh, I must have put the wrong fuel in. Yeah, they, they've heard that story, so they don't buy it. And then they take the fuel and they put it, once they, once they find that you're wrong, or even if you're not wrong, they take the fuel and they put it into a little, like a little oil, you know, little oil sample bottles that you guys get. You know, when you want to do a sample for an oil, you take the little sample and you put, you put it in there and you put the cap on it and you mark it and date it, right? And then you send it off to the oil right. sample guys, right? And they'll send you the report back. Well, the IRS does the same thing with fuel. They send it off to a lab, and this is, this is what they tell me. I still don't understand how they can do this, but they they tell me that they that when they get the the report back, they can tell you exactly what refinery the fuel was cracked at. So, for example, if the fuel was cracked in a Texas refinery, 
um, and pump through the pipeline, they know that because the markers, the, the small microscopic markers are in the fuel. So they look at the fuel mm-hmm. and they say, okay, it was, it was made in this refinery on this, in this state in the United States. Now, since we live in Tucson, Arizona, we live 60 miles from Mexico, their big concern is that people are going to Mexico and buying diesel fuel and bringing it back into the United States. So what that does is diesel fuel in Mexico is not manufactured to the same tolerances that diesel fuel in the United States is manufactured to. For example, that 15 right. parts per million that you're always talking about, it doesn't exist down there. They use whatever. Um, here we have that very stringent 15 parts per million for, for um, you know, for pollution reasons. And um, right. in Mexico it doesn't. So if you're running Mexican fuel in a truck on the road, that's even a bigger find. So, um, but wow. To sum to sum it up, the red fuel is the same fuel. It just has a red. It just has red dye in it. So if you screw it up and put the red dye in the truck, you it takes it will come out eventually. You can it, over many many tankfuls, it will actually wash itself out. But it takes a long long time. I've seen it because I've I've seen tanks that have had it in it and. It takes a long time for that red to actually get off the sidewalls of the tank, believe it or not, and, and clean this entire system. It takes a lot of tank holes to do it. So Wow. Wow. Hey, like that's a, and, and this is what you wanted to start with at 6 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> well, of course. I mean, I need to get that out of the way because it was a real, real mind sticker. And I thought to myself, self? You need to get this out of the way early in the morning before people actually wake up and understand what you've just explained to them. <laughs> gotcha. Um, hopefully, but, hopefully, I didn't go too, didn't get to lose too many people on that on that train ride. I, I felt some people fall off, you know, because they're like, "What?" But but hopefully, we made it all the way no. through. Well, I know people. We used to work on a commercial account, a commercial vehicle that had a, um, uh, he was picking up pottery down in Mexico, and he was out of Texas, and he would come in and go down through Nogales and go in and get whatever pottery or whatever uh, uh, company he was buying it from, and he would load up his uh, tanks, his big commercial tank, you know, in the bed of the truck, plus his truck. He would fill it up because it was evidently quite a lot cheaper down in Mexico, but he also had six fuel filters, that he carried in the cab of the truck because he said the diesel fuel is extremely dirty. He says, but the truck runs a lot better on it. So you just go ahead. I mean, a lot better. Well, it's, it's higher everything. It has about 3,000 parts per million as far as lubricity. And I was just wondering, and I, I had heard that you can't go down to Mexico. I remember when the fuel was really cheap down in Mexico, there was people in Arizona in these ranches and everything else is running across the border, the ones that lived down on the border towns. And, um, you know, and they just said, yeah, you just keep your mouth shut. You just fill it up down there, keep your mouth shut. But these guys were saving 20, 30 bucks a tank at that time. Now, I don't know what the fuel prices is down there because I don't take my truck across the border. I do know that you need a fuel additive if you're going to run this uh, older equipment, like my uh, uh, Massey Ferguson. Now, I was running that stuff 
and in the truck that's in the tractor that's the reason we had to prove it out so far to make sure that i was correct on my uh diagnosis is jerry you lost a fuel pump but i didn't i didn't prove it out and so when uh travis showed up we went to work on it two two hours later we had to proved out beyond a shadow of a doubt it is the fuel pump of the injector pump on that old diesel and um then you, keep in mind hours of operations, parts wear out. And if you don't have the right lubricity inside of a part that is designed to run with 3,000 parts lubricity and you're running 15 and you're not running an additive in your piece of equipment, I don't care if it's a generator. All I know, if it's uh, around uh, prior to about 2006, if it's prior to 2006 model, you're going to need to run an additive. So people are spending a lot of money having these things fixed when they don't know what caused the problem. You have to run a fuel additive in these things, a lube for diesel fuel. I run additives in my truck, my 218. I run additives in my 206. And that, and I really didn't have, I, I never had a problem with the injector or injector pumps on these things. Because I know what happens to it. I had a one of the listeners sent me an injector from an 18-wheeler and showed me what that 15 parts per million did to the older injector on that 15 on the um, on his diesel. It it looked like somebody forgot to put any lube on it, and they took this part that's supposed to have lube, and it just scored the heck out of it. And he said, and he put it, told, said, put it out on the counter with show and tell and show these people how critical it is to be sure and run this additive in this diesel fuel. But it's got to be a lube. It needs to be a lube. Now, most of your additives on diesels right now have a lube additive in it. Some of it even have a cetane boost, which is like octane to a car. And, you know, uh, uh, 245 in BG Chemicals has this one particular, uh, it's got everything in it. And if that stuff wasn't so doggone expensive, I'd be running it every tank full because it's a truck just absolutely runs better. And, um, a lot more, a little more pep, a little more pep, fuel economy's better. And, uh, but still you negate the price of fuel because that stuff last I bought was $52 a pint. And Ooh. but it worked. But you don't have to run that every tank. You can run it like uh, put it in there, and it'll clean the stuff up. It'll give a little bit brisky there. But you do need to run something that says lube on it when you run your additive. I don't care. Go down to Merrill's and and spend some time just reading the back of the different fuel additives. You do not have to buy the most expensive in the building to get that stuff. You can buy some of the – I went down and spent some time in a Parche store, and I could, I found a, a bottle that was $7.90 that had been on the market since I can remember. It's called Reslon. And I tried it my diesel, and it had a little bit of kick in there for the cetane. And after you drive a diesel a long while and you pay attention to it, you know when it's either running better or it's not running better or if it's running with a little more noise in the engine than what it did have. 
And so I highly recommend that you go get some, get a diesel fuel additive that has lube in it and make sure that you keep that stuff in there because if you don't, uh, this tractor injector pump is not as expensive as a car injector pump or a, uh, my 218 injector pump, but, uh, it is still will get your attention. I think it's going to run about $900. And that's a lot of money. And if I thought I could have done anything else better to protect that, I would have. But I put the good stuff in it. I don't think it was because I didn't have the right lube in it. I think it's because it's a 1985 and it's worn out. So we'll get that fixed. So there's my little bleep on the diesel fuel. What do you do for your old diesel stuff, Jim? So do you have any old diesel? Oh, yes, we have lots of old diesels. <laughs> um, so the uh, we run the lube, um, and what I can tell you is that I've noticed that if you leave a diesel sit a long time, six months or a year, um, you with new fuel in it, without the lube, what happens is, is your, your injectors will start to stick, and your fuel injection pump will particularly like the shutoff solenoids, will will gum up just exactly the same as right. a gas motor. And yep. so that now the now you can't – it won't start because the shutoff is stuck, it, and it's shut off. So you either have mm-hmm. to take the pump off and replace it, or you have to take the solenoid out and, and get it l- freed up. It frees up. They'll, I mean, they'll move. Once they get going a little bit, they'll move. But – if without the additive, I've noticed that that's a, the, 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 the components inside the injector pump begin to stick together. And they, they just get that little bit of, uh, glazing on them and, and like the gum and they, and they just, it won't move. They, none of the parts will move and, and none of the electric solenoids are powerful enough to make it work. Once you get them freed, they go. But right. that can be an expensive right. proposition because you didn't service your fuel. Now, wow. that being said, wow. Jerry, on on the flip side, today's tractors come with diesel emission fluid, the DEF, and have to do regions. Mm-hmm. So there's to what I see a lot of is, uh, believe it or not, is tractors, especially tr- tractors in your in the size, the class of tractor that you have, little small home, you know, not home, but smaller tractors that that people use. Um, light 40 horsepower, tractors. 40 horsepower. Yeah, tw- yeah. yeah, 20, yeah, between 20 and 40 horsepower tractors, something that you would use on your farm, you know, um, it's not a 300 horse combine. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. the, they're having tons of issues with the emission systems because they're in the dirt, they're, the region's, uh, cycle isn't working. The, um, they're using mechanical uh, diesel engines. So a mechanical motor, when I say mechanical, I mean a mechanical injector pump. So an injector pump that doesn't use electronic injectors like new cars and trucks do. Um, They use mechanical Mm -hmm. injectors. They use mechanical pumps. And and then they have the DPF filter on the tractor. And the, the, the filters are getting plugged because they can't regen properly and the metering on the on the on the mechanical injectors isn't as fine as it is on a on a uh, 
electronic injector because, well, you know, as you know, the mechanical injector has a pops off at a certain pressure in lieu of the the electronic mm-hmm. injector, which meters it exactly correctly via computer. So there's, I see a right. lot of people that are having issues, and it's not just one; it's it's everybody. They're all the same. They're running in the dirt. They're sitting for extended time frames. So the diesel is sitting. The little the little um, pumps, the little death pumps are going bad because it's sitting. They're not they're not getting maintained. And now you go to run your tractor, and it won't run because it has an emission. So now it's got to get drugged back to the dealer so they can do all the repairs on it. And that expensive little yeah. After you spent twenty five thousand oh, yeah. dollars oh, yeah. on this tractor, on this little tractor, now you're going to spend another two thousand getting it fixed. Right. Good information, buddy. Good information. Oh, before I forget it, there you got a race out at Tucson Speedway tonight, and I've got uh, two tickets. Uh, well, actually, I have four. I got two for the first hour, two for the second hour. First hour's two, four, four family pack. It's I got four family packs of tickets. I've got two four family packs of tickets for callers one and three seven one nine fourteen ninety seven one nine fourteen ninety. And also, I forgot to put out a while ago. If you're trying to get us on the radio, it's going to be fourteen ninety a.m. or one o four point nine f.m. And uh, you know, it's this Labor Day weekend, so I expect all of you to just be out there pulling weeds. <laughs> I'm kidding, but well, that if they're traveling, would be they can for be listening. the. Say what? If they're traveling, they can be listening right now because everybody should be already on. If you're sure. going, you should be already on the road, so they should be listening to us. Sure. Hopefully, they checked sure. on their tires. Seven they more. Got their windshield wipers. Uh, well, you know it don't rain in Arizona, don't you know that? I know it. I got a buddy. I got a buddy that every time I tell him, you better change your windshield wipers. It don't rain in Arizona. I think he wound up changing his windshield wipers, though, out of pure necessity. <laughs> that, I love it. Imagine you that. Know, uh, oh, 12 inches in the last Imagine month. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's certain things that you have to do. You know, speaking of certain things that you have to do, I did something last night I didn't have to do and just absolutely had a ball. Went had a business club, OPBA, uh, Old Pueblo Business Association, and we had a little mixer at Pockets Billards and Bar or Pool and Bar, Pockets Pool and Bar, over on uh, Wilmot and Twenty Second, Eleven Ten Sixty Two South Wilmot. Went in that place, had never been into pockets there. I thought, you know, I've seen it. I said, well, I don't get a chance to play that much pool, so I won't go in. I love that place. We went in, and we took a a sizable group in with us. The service was excellent. The place is clean as a pen. It looks like a looks more like a golf shop. You, you've been in the golf shops where everything's in its place, everything is nice and pretty, and it's just it shows professional all the way through. And that's so anybody that's that is a pool nut or anything like that, that is a good place to go. They have the finger foods in there. Uh, you know the I had a Sonoran hot dog. Which I love, and it, you know, and I actually survived it. It was excellent. It was, uh, they have the barbecue, they have the uh, steak sandwiches, everything. 
So I cannot recognize, uh, refer anybody any more than I would. If you're uh, like to play a little pool, going to eat some finger foods, you know, some wings and stuff like that, by all means, they are uh, at eleven at ten sixty two South Wilmot. It's called Pockets P O C K E T S Pockets Pool and Bar, and you can go in their website and you can check it out and you can see what I'm talking about. It is that clean. Normally, you get the pictures and they it shows one thing and then you walk in the building and it's something different. That is not the case. He just finished putting a big set of lights and stuff up on the back of the uh, parking lot, and he said, will this uh, cover the uh, catalytic converter step? No, but it will help. You know, it makes people a little bit leery, especially since you've got the amount of traffic going through there. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's, – it's, so I, I highly recommend it. If you're a pool player and you want to go out for the night and take your wife or your kids – um, it's a good place to go. It's a good place to go. The tables are beautiful. They do have a Sunday night. Once every Sunday night uh, or every Sunday night, they have a pool tournament there. And, you know, and I can understand why, because that place is really nice. Okay, that's all I got to say about And I did not play pool, but I did eat, and it was absolutely fabulous. And I did visit with my club members because we haven't been able to do this since COVID-19 come in and shut us down about a year and a half ago. Um, so that that's my public service announcement for people around Tucson. It is a local, it's locally owned and operated. Uh, Emily, who is part of that owner, is uh, her husband owns it, she owns it, and they work together. And, uh, well, Emily, that's my state farm agent, so, you know, you know the rest of the story. She works there part-time, which is good. That way, Curtis and Emily don't have to sit there and look at each other's face for 12 hours. They're open from 11 a.m. until 2 a.m. And I'm just, I'm telling you, it's nice. So if you get a chance, you're looking for something to do, you run on out there and check them out this weekend. All right. Now, we were on the fuel additives, and, of course, fuel anymore. It, just remember, if you've got a piece of equipment, an older piece of equipment, fuel additive, I'd put the fuel additive in it even if you had a new piece of equipment because it has other things in it just besides lube, and that's something that you want to keep this diesel fuel moving as well as gasoline moving. You know, run the additives, pay attention, and you'll be happy you did because it'll save you a lot of money in the in the uh, in the future. Uh, and while we're on that, the Motovac service, I talked to Brian Fuller, and Brian said, you know, on the carbon and fuel system cleaning, this needs to be done anywhere from seven thousand to fifteen thousand miles, depending on your driving habits. The driving habits would be if you only run five minutes or ten minutes a day with your car you're going to start building carbon. It doesn't go in closed loop long enough at the operating temperature of around 200, 203, 205 degrees, and it doesn't clean the downstream. So the motor vac service is real critical on the carbon and the fuel system cleaning. It works extremely well on the older vehicles, the ones that people have forgotten to do, did not know you even need to do it. And so, and Brian is offering a $30 discount on uh, fuel system, motorbike systems. 
and that'll be going on to the end, the 30th of September. So that would be Brian Fuller over at uh, Automotive Specialist. And hang on, I'll just give you the address while I got it here. Uh, 3611 West Ina Road, Suite 101. That's at Meredith and Ina in the Bookman's Plaza. The business phone is 572-1734. Brian's cell number is 237-3852. 237-3852. Or you can call, talk to Mitch at the front counter at 572-1734 and get this thing scheduled and, and get it done. Fuel prices are going up. I seen it myself when I filled up my Honda and my diesel. So you need to keep these vehicles running. Give them the opportunity to perform like they originally performed coming from the factory. Get them tuned up. If you need a major service on these older cars, get it done. A tune-up was what they invented when they had the Model A, and they used to use a tuning fork. That's where tune-up comes from. So now you're doing a major service. There's a lot more things to actually pay attention to on these cars than they did in the old A models. And so you want to get them major service. Spark plugs anymore are supposed to go 100,000 miles. I recommend you start checking. Pull one and take a look at the uh, electrodes on the end of it at about 60,000 miles. And then around 100,000 miles because they start burning down. When they start burning down, it takes more energy to fire the spark plug. When you get the more energy firing the spark plugs, it puts more strain on the system that is providing the spark to fire these spark plugs out when they're half worn out. So just get in the habit or have somebody pull one and just check a plug. And if it looks like it's worn down, if it's, if it's the end of the electrode is rounded instead of uh, squared off with nice sharp points on the corner of it, then get these spark plugs changed, and that'll give you a little better fuel economy. Fuel filters, absolutely fuel filters. Fuel filters will take out your pump, your fuel pump, out of the tank. They don't like constantly running hard and working as hard as they possibly can to push fuel through a plugged filter. That's the reason you want to do that. That will protect your engine. That will also protect your fuel pump because a lot of fuel pumps fall, uh, fail because of this. So get that done. At the air filter you've got in that vehicle, you change that son of a gun. You can pull it. You can look at it. If you don't know how to do it, you just roll into Parker Automotive or Fuller Automotive, Automotive Specialist or Simmons, and say, can you show me where my air filter is? Because on a lot of these late model cars, they're actually hard to find. And a lot of times you have to pull a bonnet off the top of the car, off the engine, which is that little uh, roof that they have over the engine now. You know, the one where pack rats hide under? That one. You have to pull that off. It's got uh, probably three, four. It's got about four little buttons that you just reach in there and twist with your fingers, and you can take it loose. Then you just pick it up and set it off to the side. Then you can get to the rest of the car. But... Find that filter. Make sure that filter stays changed. If you're running an air filter, you're doing normal driving, try to change it about once a year. If you're running, um, and then your cabin air filter also is real critical, change that about once a year. If you run through a haboob, one of these big dust storms we have out here, and you're driving 
excessive while you're driving. You're just you're cruising to Phoenix or something like that. Uh, when you get back, you change the filter. Or if you want to change it in Phoenix, you change your filter because I'll guarantee it's going to be plugged up. Will it work? Yeah, it'll work. It'll also bypass. And when it bypasses, it sucks what we call the Yuma bore job. That's where it sucks its fine dust particles in, churns it up and down the cylinders, and wears out your car premature. So, and then another little hint on the fuel um, uh, fuel savings and gas saving tips: uh, driving habits. Jackrabbit starts from a stop sign is worth two mile per gallon. If you don't need to carry half of your house in the trunk or the bed of your truck, don't do it because it takes more energy to move a heavier load than it does to move a light load. The other thing you want to do is check your tire pressures on a regular basis. You know, I've heard everything from, oh, you got to check them every 90 days. You check them every uh, 30 days. You check them every six months. No. Welcome to Tucson. You check your tire pressures, get in the habit of walking around about once a month with a little tire gauge. Just do a quick check on it because you don't know. There's a lot of construction going on in Tucson. There's a lot of screws that go in a tire that don't leak down that quick. And so if you go check a tire today and it shows, oh, it's down about four pounds. And so you air it up and say, okay, I'm good to go now because the tire pressure monitor is telling me that my tire is low on the right front only. And it's not consistent with the left front, left rear, right rear. You pay attention to that one tire. You go in, you check it out at your house, and you can't find the screw that screwed itself into this tire. And But you have that thing come up twice. You find out where that leak's at because it, it, it is there somewhere or another. Uh, and another little suggestion, do not pull a nail out at your house. Do not pull a screw out of the tire out at your house because now that's the only thing that's holding the air in the tire to allow it to leak out slowly. Take it to a tire shop, have it done, and let them deal with that flat tire as soon as they pull that nail out, not you. But proper tire pressures, clean air filters, major service to make sure that vehicle is operating the way it should, Put a fuel additive in it to keep the fuel delivery system clear, and that's about as good as you're going to go because I don't see the prices of fuel coming down, people, and neither do you. If you've been following even half as close as I have. Now, Jim, have you seen the increase in your fuel for your big trucks? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, don't you go to Jay. sleep on me. <laughs> I do go to sleep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Fuel what prices, else? Sir. What else would you like to add? Uh, well, you covered a pretty good chunk of it there. Um, I, I I lost a I had a uh, screw in one of my tires, but that's because it fell out of my head because I had a screw loose. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I, I know. I know. You're being nice, Jerry. Um, cool. And. <laughs> Yes. Cooling systems. Uh antifreeze. I know it's 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 one of those things nobody ever wants to deal with. It's like you know, 
it's more it's more difficult than the oil change because you got to get underneath there. So you got to get to somebody that can drain it all out, you know, and and take care of it. And, and right. um, what what was what were you telling us last? It was a couple weeks ago. Brian was talking, or it was the Parker Automotive was talking about the thermostats, thermostat service, because they the thermostats open up abruptly, causing uh, radiator damage. Right. So co- right. cooling cooling system yeah. maintenance is is a is a big deal. It, um, it you know so when when we're running our trucks, um, um, I don't know if any, I know people do this. I don't know if, if you guys do it, but there's a you you test the coolant. You know, there's a way to test the coolant. You you can either put a stick in there right. and it tells you the the chemicals, or you can do a you know you can take a sample out and you can test it. And it tells you the the, base, right. the properties that's left in the coolant, you know. So if it's it, – it's because it degrades over time. It, it it doesn't – it just turns right. into basically watery junk. Um, that's the reason why you have to maintain it. I know it may look good, but it's it's not good. It just sits and it goes bad. It's the way things – it's just the way life is. Um, so they have additives that you can put in coolant, you know, to extend your – coolant properties if you so choose to do so um and i've used them right. they were pretty good um they'll, they'll, they'll bump up the the, the anti-corrosion um chemicals that are in the coolant or you just you break down and you drain out for us you know with a with a big truck you know you're draining like eight gallons you gotta drain eight gallons of, of coolant right. out of that puppy so in your car right. you're talking about a gallon and a half so it's not, it's not too bad but but yeah, so cooling system maintenance keeps us the 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 it keeps the thermostat lubed, it keeps the uh it keeps the corrosion down, keeps uh keeps those on on the cars with with that, you know, with the car the engine designers that build the the uh the head gasket that's got literally a sixteenth of an inch between the the cylinder wall and the and the cool and the port, you know, the the hole in the in the block to cool the thing down, and a mm-hmm. little bit of corrosion. Mm-hmm. Good night, Irene. You're buying a head gasket, so um, real real important to wow. take, keep take, keep that done. Twenty four months if you well, want to go crazy. That go ahead. That's what I heard on the. Uh, that's what I heard on the big trucks. It's twenty four months. You you go in and change it every twenty four months. You bite the bullet, you put the, you flush it out, you put the new antifreeze in it, you put your additive, I call it a roll-aid, you put a roll-aid in it, and it helps the, uh, maintain the integrity of the coolant that's actually, the antifreeze that's actually in there. On the cars, uh, you know, they come out and they say, okay, you do not have to change this antifreeze for 150,000 miles. Whew. I can't that's tell you how many cars we've changed the antifreeze and we we checked it one on a Toyota pickup for a business buddy of mine, and that antifreeze was so bad we actually put it in a jar and set it in the show and tell case at the shop to show you what sixty thousand miles on her vehicle looked like on a lifetime antifreeze. And the problem I have with lifetime antifreeze is whose lifetime is it? And if you have a car, uh, they say okay, and then here's a caveat. If you take your radiator cap off or expose your radiator, say it has a leak, all right, that's no longer a seal system. So now you have to go to uh, 
two two years twenty four thousand on the truck. It's two years depending on the driving, and if you have no more leaks, you can go three years on the antifreeze in a car, depending on the driving habits and whatever you do with it. Now, if you run a vehicle and you tow with it, the rules are out the window. Just go two year twenty four thousand miles. Even on the new vehicles, when you go in, you have a leak from a radiator hose and you have to pull the hose off, that's an exposed system. It no longer qualifies for a lifetime antifreeze in there. You have to service it to your 24,000. <coughs> and if you'll do that, you'll keep the uh, chocolate out of the radiator. And people, I know people that have said, okay, well, what I do is I drain that um, uh, General Motors antifreeze out of there and I put it back with the green stuff. Well, if you flush it out and get it all out, you don't want to mix it. That's the big thing. You do not want to mix it. You you can't just drain the fluid out of a, the brown fluid out or the red fluid, whatever you want to call it, out of a GM and put uh, a green fluid, the old standby, in it because the old standby is not designed to take care of that engine. You know, I did a bunch of research on this, and they have they've improved the orange uh, antifreeze in there. But once you go ahead and change it, you still, you can use the same antifreeze in the General Motors that it calls for. But it, now it has to be changed every two years, 24,000 miles. And if you'll do that, you won't have any more problems with that. It won't eat out your radiators. However, that doesn't mean that you're, now you're protected for life from cracked radiators. Now, the one thing that uh, Mike Parker was talking about from Parker Automotive on the uh, thermostat is that thermostat starts sticking and it doesn't open as quick. And it really puts a lot of pressure on it and it'll have a little bit going bypass it. All of a sudden, it'll slam open. When it does, it sticks at 210 degree, uh, like a power flush or power hit to the top of the radiator. When it does that, and then with the UVs in the state of Arizona, especially with the sunlight, that plastic top of that radiator, all of a sudden it just cracks. And you're sitting there shaking your head going, okay, what happened? I went through it with a radiator on my 06, and that thing was perfectly maintained. And yet it still had a crack in the top of the radiator, and it wasn't, it wasn't even where you'd expect a crack to be. But... With the temperature in Arizona, and even with the thermostat working, the radiator actually cracked, and so we replaced it. And that was a hit for a diesel, for a mid-sized diesel. That was about a $600 hit. And so the best you can do is prolong it because after a while, the mileage and the running of that vehicle will actually get your radiator. You're going to have a radiator problem. You might as well figure it out. But... Additives and fluid changes is super critical on these things. And when I say fluid changes, like I go a royal flush. There's such a thing that we use. It's called a royal flush. A royal flush in a car, in a vehicle, is if it's liquid, you flush it. And you can. that means brakes, brake fluids, power steering fluid, transmission fluid, Oil, uh, transfer case, 
And if it's liquid and it's moving, it's designed to be flush. I do not know where the exception is on this. And if you'll do that, you'll be money ahead in the long run. At what intervals do you do this with? They they go all over the place. They go all over the place. If you go in and you say, okay, I want a royal flush because I haven't done anything to this thing in five years, I want it flushed out. I want clean fluids put in it. Get ready. You're going to spend a chunk of change. And um, it, uh, But it's well worth it. It's well worth it. And I'm not telling you this just because I own a shop or Parker owns a shop or Brian Fuller owns a shop because guess what? If we take care of your vehicles and you don't do this after we've been begging you to do it and it comes in and you've blown a head gasket, because the difference in the type of metals that they make engines out of, you have uh, cast iron blocks, you have aluminum heads, uh, you have aluminum blocks with aluminum heads, and you have different metals that run through as this antifreeze circulates. That's what the antifreeze is supposed to control, and that's what the antifreeze is responsible for, but you've got to give it a chance to work. That's the reason you test it with these little strips that Jim was talking about. You got anything you want to add to that, big boy? Windshield washer fluid. Yep. You, you windshield washer you fluid is covered on. I, I, so wind, so windshield washer fluid. Right. Do you know, you can, you know what's you important, can, important so you know what the importance of windshield washer fluid is, right? Well, it's to wash the windshield when it gets dirty. And although it, it, although it's been raining this last two months, um, mm-hmm. people often neglect the windshield washer fluid and or the pump or the system, and the car, the windshield gets dirty. Or like now, there's like 18 billion moths out there that that are flying everywhere. I'm not sure or butterflies. I'm not sure where they all came from. Oh. But they're out. They're out in force. So the yes, bugs they on are. the windshield, the bugs on the windshield cause a causing cause a driving issue. Your visibility um, it drops dramatically. So it's a requirement. I know that they don't manufacturers don't just put things on cars because they think it's cool. Well, the exception of a satellite radio, I think they put that on there because it's cool. But, uh, but for windshield washers, they put those on there. They know you, they know you need one. They need you need to be able to wash your windshield while driving down the road. And people often forget about that, and then they, because um, here we don't use them that much, you know, and, until you get birds with bugs on the window, and then you got to pull off someplace right. while you're getting gas and wash your windshield. But if you have a situation where you're driving down the road and and you need to be able to clean the window off, that's what the windshield washer fluid is for. And I I've well, been to wrecks where it, the the guy says. He didn't see the car coming, and the reason why because you couldn't see out the windshield to save your life, and sometimes that's what happens. So oh, wow! Check your washer fluid too. Well, I know, I know that you can use windshield washer in a spray bottle and actually clean your windows, inside, outside, and when you stop and think about it, a windshield washer fluid is a pretty good detergent because it does clean the bugs off. And if you take a uh, you know, a gallon of windshield washer fluid, which is a heck of a lot cheaper than Windex or some of the other stuff on the market, and you put it in a spray bottle and you use it on your car glass, inside and outside, it works. It, it works. works. 
I never even thought about it till about a month ago when somebody told me about it, and I thought, well, that makes too much sense. And uh, so I tried it, and it works really, really well. So, you know, there's because my that's tech what it's tip designed for the to do. There's my yeah, yeah. You put it on that's there. That's my FYI for the bugs. Yeah, let, let it soak and up the bugs. Get but yeah. that's it's a great tip too because you're uh, right. A gallon of washer fluid costs a buck or two, and Windex costs four or five for a, for a little pint. And Yep. So that, and then get you a rag, get you these little nice rags or paper towels, still work well on it. And, um, you know, you can get, I mean, for people that smoke inside of a car that has the uh, uh, nicotine stains on the windshields and all the side glasses and stuff, that Windex is kind of a pain to try to get that off with. But I found, of course, I don't smoke, but if you use the, Windshield wiper fluid, that can clean bug guts off your windshield. It can probably take that off. In fact, one of the articles I read when I went and decided to go check this out said, yeah, it works extremely well on the smokers inside and stuff like this to clean the film off the inside of the windows. So you should be able to do that and save a lot of money in the process. I mean, you're not going to save any arm labor because you still got to put it on and take it off, but it's it's good to go. Uh, well, so is there any anything else you want to add to that, sir? Well, it's a, it's a good workout. If you're going to wash your windows by hand, it's a good workout. You know, so maybe well, you're going a good to workout to How do you wash your trucks? Uh well, we have um <laughs> we have 5-gallon buckets and big and big uh uh brushes and and soap like RVs. Yeah. yeah, and 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 we have a yeah. pressure washer, and you wash them down, and you take a you know the big RV brush, and you basically wash them. There, you know they're on the the twelve foot handle because well you can't unless you're on a ladder mm-hmm. you can't do it without one. So yeah, you you got a big right. old big old long thing, and you soap them up there, and we have a wash rack that goes into a, a, a into a, a like a grease trap into a, a big septic tank grease trap, and we we wash we wash them on the wash rack. And yeah, that takes a while, but it's it's good to get done. Well, ac- well, according to um, Javier over at Specter Minor Road Auto Collision at seven four four forty four fifty four, he told me, he said Jerry, when you wash your truck, do not use the all in one container that has wax in it, because when you scrub it down with the wax and you put it on all your rubber components, it start it actually hardens the rubber components and they will crack on you so when you're using the car wash just buy the regular car wash that doesn't have the wax in it and then wash the vehicle it'll do just fine and then you can hand buff it out about once every six months or you know every six months or twice annually and you can polish the vehicle and your paint will stay better uh, your rubber components around your windows and your seals and stuff won't fall apart, and so you won't have any problems with that. It'll it'll save your vehicle, and I have seen that firsthand. And yeah, so now when I go to the car wash, I just have it without the wax. I don't want anything put on. You just get the dirt off of it. We'll worry about the the paint uh, polishing at about six months. 
And in fact, uh, it's it's due right now, so I'm going to have to take it in and have somebody buff this thing out, or I'll just use some of the uh, waxes that they have at Merle's, you know, through McGuire's and all of this. And they've got a lot of stuff that my brother told me about that he uses on his classic Chevelle, and it's a waterless wash. Yeah, I mean, he says, yeah, if you got chunks of mud where you've been running it through a mud bog or something like that, you got to clean that off. But the rest of it, you can use a dust cloth like a, you see them use at car shows. You can dust it off, and then you can use the waterless uh, cleaner and put it on there and just wipe it on and then wipe it dry off, and you've got a beautiful shine, and it doesn't take that long, plus it's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, well, your definition of fun is different than mine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just like you know, Javier told me, yeah, we can use this stuff on your diesel. Jerry, you can use it and get it done in 20 minutes. I said, that ain't going to happen because there ain't no way. That truck is just exactly high enough where I have, and I'm six foot. It's just exactly high enough to where I have to use a step stool to get up to get the wax on it. And on top, you just climb up in the bed of the truck. That's not that bad, except it's a super cab with four doors, and then you got to figure out how you're going to get to the front of it. So it's a pain in the butt. So I just take it to a professional detailer and tell them you need a good wax job or detail. They don't know how to do it. So, and by the way, I think, uh, yeah, uh, Spectrum also does paintless dent removal, restore, restoration of headlights. You know, that's where somebody painted your headlight with a, a dull white paint. They clean that thing off and make it uh, take it back to where it's supposed to be. Uh, painted pinstriping and window tinting. <coughs> but that's that's all done at Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision, 744-4454. If you have a misfortune of breaking something out on the road, uh, a fender bender, and you need to have it towed in, if you want to take it to a good quality uh, auto collision repair shop, uh, be Spectrum. You just call Jim at Frontier Towing, have it picked up, have it delivered over there. He knows the drill, and uh, it'll be taken care of. You got anything you want to add to that, Mr. Jim well, Mooney from Frontier Towing? Well, I was just going to say, that, you know, the reason why they make grandkids is to wash is to wax, wash and wax the car. At least that's what my grandfather told me. <laughs> So, in lieu of having video games, you go outside and you, you wash the car. Of course, when I was young, like you, Jerry, they didn't. There was no a video. What? <laughs> they didn't have that. Yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you, probably. You probably, if you do your grand, if you do your grandpa's car, he will actually pay you to do it. <laughs> your grandpa, yeah. You, I, we used to. Get, he would take us to the A and W. That was, and we would get we'd get a root beer float. That's so that was our reward. We. The only, there was only one. We, he would after we got done washing the car, he would take us to the A and W. That was our reward. So, eh, he well, enjoyed it. it you fun. had to do the car right. You had to do the car right. I've taken it into right. some of these little car washes that they have for fundraisers. What? So two minutes. How much time we got, Andrew? You got two what? minutes, Jerry. Two minutes. Okay, there you go. All right, got a couple of minutes before the show's over on the first hour. All right, so, but I've been through the little car washes where the kids have the fundraisers, and I look at the age of the kids. 
that are actually washing the cars, if they don't have about three or four adults with them, uh, I just go ahead and make a donation to whatever they're doing. Then I take it to a regular car wash and have it done because my my results, I appreciate the effort. But, you know, sometimes they just don't quite get it clean. So I still make I, I still pay for the car wash that I would do if they had done the job. And there's nothing personal. You know, I just, you know, I want to help them, and, but I want my car clean. And so that's the reason I do it that way. And you can do it the same way. Nobody gets their feelings hurt, and everybody still makes their money. Uh, however, for the people out there that are doing these car washes, pre-sell the tickets. Go over to Jim's at Frontier and say, hey, we're having a car wash. Would you like to buy some tickets so you can get your car washed? And Jim's going to say, well, yeah, I can probably go two or three. So you get two or three tickets. Well, one, that's instant money that they have. If you show up to that car wash to get it done, great, they'll wash your car. If you don't, there's no refund. They still make the money. That's the way to make money at a kid's car wash for Bobby saw. Uh, softball and all that stuff and that works great we used to do it all the time and uh um, we did have a lot of people but we also had a bunch of grown-ups helping too to make sure it gets done like it's supposed to all right we're down to the end of the hour the first hour 719-1490 719-1490 we've given you a boatload of information on the first hour some of it will rehash for the second hour we'll be right back after these messages with the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show on ESPN Tucson. <laughs> 